Welcome again, as ever, fair listeners, as you embark upon this journey into Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcast, with your hosts most coally, Josh, who is I, and John, who is thee, thee, how are thee? I'm doing fine, I'm doing fine, I'm doing well. Uh, I'm excited to talk about yet another banger. Oh, yeah, this banger sure does mesh, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, doing fine? Uh, uh, yeah, but that's about it. How about yourself? Yeah, I am sick again, as you hopefully can't tell too well on your headphones. But if you listen carefully, it's like, oh, gross. <laughs> I, I heard the snots. Oh, like obviously he is at least working with like like at most one nostril. <laughs> That's how I sleep every night for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's one of those where you know, do you, you know the one where like if if the ceiling fan is hitting on your face, then it's just creating pure agony shooting up into your skull. It's one of those. Awesome. Yeah, it's good. But that's not what we're here to talk about. No, no. Uh, here, let's let's give them something to talk about. We are starting October off a wee bit early. Uh, you know, it's it's a very October-y podcast. And just because it's the, the later half of September doesn't mean we can't already be in October. So here we are. We are going to see who wore it best. To prom with all three incarnations of the movie Carrie. I'm beside myself with excitement. Yeah, I am too. Uh, when you suggested this, this was uh, last Christmas. We did this with uh, Black Christmas. Mm-hmm. And we, we decided maybe December is not the right month for a horror podcast. Maybe we should, in fact, do October. And uh, you were like, we should do all three Carrie movies. And I was like... What are you talking about, John? There are only two Carrie movies. And, and it turned out that I was thinking of the this movie that we will be watching today, Brian De Palma's Carrie from 1973, and another Carrie movie that you didn't know about, whereas you were talking about two other Carrie movies that I didn't know about. <laughs> That's so many Carrie. There's a lot of Carrie going on. Yeah. So, stick around with us uh, throughout this extended month of October, because we will be reviewing all three of the movies titled Carrie. We probably won't do the Rage Carrie 2. Who could say? Um, And then also in the middle of October, we have a little special treat for us and for you. Yeah, a little... (sighs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (sighs) Good stuff. All right, so today we're going to be talking Brian De Palma's original Carrie from 1976. This is the thing that kind of put Stephen King on the map uh, to the, well, as far as in the movie realm goes, to the point that in the trailer they even misspelled his name as Stephen, not Stephen. <laughs> it's St- Stephen? Yeah. Steve King. The book did, the book did, book did put him on the map. I mean, that was the, that was the book that really... It launched his career. Yeah, yeah. It was his his first big sell, and uh, and uh, 
apparently he liked this movie better than his own book. So you know that it's <laughs> doing something right. Whatever he's like, oh yeah, no, that's way better, man. How that about book, that ending, though? That book is a bucket of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're back to Stephen King that was a little part of why I wanted to do Dreamcatcher a little bit earlier this year so that we would have not been starting Stephen King out here just have yeah. have a little later Stephen to like compare it to and and it's like the reverse of showing where things went wrong it's like oh remember when things were well <laughs> yes exactly the good old days the good old ones <laughs> Uh, this movie stars Sissy Spacek as Carrie White, Piper Laurie as her mother Margaret, who thought that she was in a comedy. Like, <laughs> she was cracking up between takes because her character was so over the top and she thought it was hilarious. Wow. She's yeah. the most, like, melodramatic element of the film by far. Oh my god, it's, it's, it's so big like hair. Oh my god, her hair is amazing. It is incredible. And it is not the only incredible piece of hair in this movie. We also have Amy Irving as Sue, who sometimes, if you look carefully, you can see the light reflecting off of the wig plastic down the part of her hair. It was amazing. <laughs> it's like, oh, shiny treasure right down in there. <laughs> wig <And> plastic. Per <laughs> perhaps the most hair of all is... Uh, podcast favorite, uh, William Cat, who we last encountered in Steve Miner's house, who plays Tommy and Tommy's hair. He's fucking great. He's really good in this movie. He is amazing in this movie. He, he gets that little balance between the elements just right. Uh, it's so good. We also have Nancy Allen as Chris, John Travolta as Billy, uh, a little piece of trivia on that. He ran from his filming on Welcome Back, Cotter to audition for this and was still dressed as Vinnie Barbarino whenever he auditioned to play Billy. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Billy is, <laughs> Billy is a disgusting piece of work. Oh my God, yeah. I have, I have topics to go over with Billy because yes, he is physically repulsive at times. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And of course, we have the incomparable Betty Buckley as Miss Collins. Betty Buckley's great. Uh, she's great in this movie. It was it was fun to see her. Uh, PJ Souls is in here from Halloween yeah. fame and uh, Rock and Roll High School and yeah. uh, this weird natural birthing video that I had to watch when my ex wife wanted to have a natural childbirth. What? Uh, PJ Souls is a big proponent of national 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 natural childbirth. <laughs> she wants children born all over the nation. America, uh, give birth. <laughs> There was a, uh, there was this natural birthing was kind of like, it was like, I mean, it's a, you know, in other parts of the world, that's how you do it. Uh, yeah. In in the US, it was a movement, <laughs> you know, where women were like, hey, why do the doctors have all the control over the birth when I'm the one giving birth? And which uh, totally all that stuff made sense. Fuck my yeah. only thing, my only thing was that my ex-wife, I was like, you're not going to want to do this. You're going to be miserable. You're going to want that epidural the second you go into labor. I was right. Yeah. Um, but we had to watch these videos in this class that we took, and PJ Souls was like the star of the video. And we <laughs> saw her natural childbirth oh. in a tub in her house. Oh. I was like, wow, that's so much more of PJ Souls than I ever thought I would see. <laughs> Whoa. Was she. 
Was she wearing her her little red baseball cap the whole time with the poofy hair sticking out of either side? She was. She was wearing her baseball cap and chewing gum and giggling like <laughs> constantly. Just <laughs> this is great. <laughs> this is the movie that has cemented my opinion of her that she's so fucking annoying on screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently just the perfect amount of annoying a little piece of trivia about her involvement is that um she wasn't even going to be a big part of the movie and then she <laughs> randomly bopped uh, Sissy Spacek on the top of the head with her red hat in the first scene and the director was like oh yeah we got to keep her in this this is great <laughs> she, I mean the camera likes her she's cute she has that 70s all-american girl look to her that is very much a person for her time you know very 70s looking yeah yeah this whole movie is full of it like the like all of the characters really pop off the screen they're really believable even the ones that don't get much in the way of lines they feel like fully fleshed out characters and there's the the one character helen with the big glasses Mm -hmm. who's not important to the plot at all but just adds a little bit extra oomph to everything Edie mcclurg that's Edie mcclurg from planes trains and automobiles Oh, fuck yeah! And nice. she's like, oh, now what? You're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking awesome. I love yeah, her. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's, yeah, there's a bunch of... The guy that plays the uh, the principal is great because he's such a oh, douchebag. It keeps... Cass- now, Cassie, Cassie. you need to understand something. <laughs> and then uh, the other guy that I have to mention is the teacher with the greasy hair oh, and the God. glasses. I love that guy. Yeah, he's so good. He looks like a horrible turtle man. He's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everyone did a great job on this movie. I I would like Brian De Palma is amazing. Uh horrible man. Yeah. Like reading about like it's like, "Oh, wow, dude, fuck you." But this movie is great. Yeah, he's a tough dude to uh get behind as far as humanity is concerned. Uh, yeah, uh, a fantastic director, uh, <clears throat> definitely a maverick in Hollywood, who uh, really kind of pioneered some really interesting camera techniques, and was also kind of infamous for pilfering other people's ideas and kind of making them his own. But at the same time, he was never he never claimed that they weren't other people's ideas. He just liked, like for instance, he was a big fan of Hitchcock, so he he ripped a bunch of Hitchcock stuff, and he did it very effectively. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, it's very few directors are are able to like warrant their own documentary about how insane they are. But he definitely got his. <laughs> oh wow, I had no idea. There's there's a there's a documentary about his process. There, there's a I'm documentary. Have to look that up. It's it's. I think it's more about him as a person and just how insane he is, basically. Oh, fun. Uh, uh, for those that don't know, he directed such. Um, Movies as uh, Scarface and that first uh, Mission Impossible movie, which made sense. I was like, oh, yeah, this movie kind of does have a little bit of like a heist uh, type feeling to it. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 he did. Yeah. He did Dress to Kill. He did, uh, as you had mentioned, The Untouchables. He did uh, a bunch of weird before he went to Hollywood. He did a bunch of weird like independent stuff with Robert De Niro, De Niro as he was credited in one one of the movies. Uh-huh. Um, De Niro. Yeah, he worked with De Niro for a while, and then he also made some sort of weird uh, commercial video for, you know, some sort of company or something like that, and 
uh, reading about that was really weird. I forget what it was, but yeah, just the kind of stuff I guess you had to do in order to get, you know, because he didn't really break out in Hollywood till he was 30. So Yeah. And he uh, famously directed one of the four different music videos for Frankie Goes to Hollywood's Relax. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) When you want to suck it, do it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it. We will need four different music videos for this song, please. The song's so deep, it needed four videos to cover it. <laughs> it's the early to mid-80s. We don't have a lot of else to play. <laughs> oh, Sidney Lassick plays the teacher. I have to put that in there, because I love that dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's great. He's great in this. A lot of it, like, eventually I was like, all right, I can't include all these people, because each one is like a rabbit trail, especially amongst, like, the horror community. Yeah. It's like... Oh, yeah, this person went on to do all the things. Um, Amy Irving Sue reprises her role as Sue in the Rage Carry, too. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, fucking nice, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> the only person that survived yes. <laughs> the entire movie. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah, everyone that's not Sue dies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, I guess uh, anything else you want to say, John, before we we launch ourselves into this uh, this uh, five hundred words or less synopsis of the film? No, I think I, I'll save everything for you know after we kind of or as we go through and after. Yeah, as and after. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Here we begin. So if you aren't ready for other spoilers, stop listening now and go watch the movie. You should watch the movie. Yeah, please watch the fucking yeah. movie. <laughs> Uh, Carrie is an unpopular high school girl who gets crowd shamed in the male gaze full locker room after freaking out when she has her first period. Chris and Sue appear to be the foremost of her tormentors. Miss Collins stops the girls from throwing menstrual pads at her and yelling, plug it up, plug it up. (laughs) And as she is freaking out, a light bulb bursts. Uh, She is sent home to her creepy religious mom who reprimands her for being sinful by quoting the not Bible to her and locking her in a broom closet with a glowing statue of St. Sebastian. Yeah, it's uh, it's something else. It's a great statue. <laughs> <laughs> Glowy eyes, got the got all the all the arrows, and you know that's great. It's good. Um, Carrie's mental stress seems to cause her mirror to shatter whenever she's finally released, and uh, and then some weird stuff happens. We'll talk about that on the end. Um, she uh, back at school, the teacher admonishes Carrie for calling Tommy's poem plate. Uh, Tommy's plagiarized poem, Beautiful. And we get this split screen shot of Tommy whispering, you suck at the teacher. Uh, it's That was a surprisingly good shot. He does a lot of split screen stuff in this movie and a lot of it looks real bad. But this one, that one was on point. Miss mm-hmm. um, Collins punishes the girls by making them do PE detention or be banned from prom. Chris rebels, gets slapped squaw in the face by the teacher, and runs away crying. So good. There's a lot of people People just slapped each other in the face in 1976. She fucking maligned that girl. It was great. Oh, man. Right in front of everyone, too. Um, 
Let's see. Sue asks Tommy, her all-star boyfriend, to take Carrie to the prom instead of her. Chris tells her boyfriend, Billy, that she hates Carrie and wants him to do her a favor. During all this, Carrie begins researching telekinesis. Miss Collins encourages her. Yeah, do. Yeah, that's good. You could go to prom with, with Tommy. Look, you're a pretty girl. Just put on makeup and do your hair and be a slut or whatever. Yeah, push out your dirty pillows. <laughs> dirty pillows. <laughs> Why would Piper Laurie ever think this is a comedy? <laughs> it kills me every time. <laughs> uh, and eventually Carrie agrees to go to prom with Tommy. Uh, meanwhile, Chris and Billy sneak into a pig farm and kill one with a sledgehammer. Carrie's mom forbids her from going to prom or ever seeing that boy again. Carrie shuts the house down. Her mom calls her a witch. Carrie says if she concentrates, she can move things. Uh, Chris and Billy then set up a bucket of pig's blood in the rafters above the prom stage. Carrie's mom has a panic attack as Carrie is leaving for prom, and whenever Carrie pushes her down, she, uh, as Carrie leaves, she quotes, Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Great. Yeah. <sighs> the night of prom is magical. Uh, uh, Chris plotted for Carrie and Tommy to win prom king and queen. Sue and... No. Wow, I really got that wrong. See? Dayquil. Dayquil. <laughs> Chris and Billy are hiding under the stage with a rope tied to the pig's blood. Carrie has a completely magical night, which I already said. Jesus, wow. All right. Uh, they're announced as prom king and queen. They go up on stage and Carrie is doused with the bucket of blood, which then falls and takes Tommy all the way out. It's so great. Uh, Chris and Billy slink away just before Carrie goes Super Saiyan and kills everyone at the prom with a fire hose, electricity, fire, and just pure crushing power. <laughs> uh, it's a long scene, and it's probably more impressive in 1976 than it is now. Yeah, fair enough, but it, yeah. it does have its moments of sheer power. Yes, yes. It goes on for quite a bit. It does. Yeah, for a centerpiece, it, it loses a little bit of its punch over the length of it. That's true. But uh, but there are there are definitely some great moments yeah. that that hose going around hitting hitting baseball cap girl and and just knocking her all the way out. Guys getting electrocuted on the micro stand. That was great. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, and this was also this was before. Um, let's say that school shootings were commonplace. Yeah. And so maybe America couldn't imagine things more horrible than this yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> now it's quaint. <laughs> yeah, now it's like, oh, wouldn't that be a nice way for things to... Wow. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Chris and Billy managed uh, to get away before all that. They see all of this happening through the window. And then as Carrie leaves, they... Uh, Billy is just like super drunk at this point. He's in the passenger seat. And Chris goes to kill Carrie with the car by running her over, but Carrie has amazing telekinetic powers, pushes the car aside, and it rolls over, and then she was like, mm, that's not good enough, and makes it blow up with her mind. <laughs> Fantastic. 
At home, Carrie bathes away the blood, then her mom confesses her sexual sins to her, and then prey murders Carrie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Carrie, mid-dying, uh, mind stabs her mom with every sharp thing in the kitchen, which causes her mother's St. Sebastian posed deathgasm. And uh, then something happens, and the entire house is sucked into the earth. Uh, as a little afterward, we see that Sue survived everything, but is now emotionally unwell and has a dream about Carrie clawing her way up out of the rubble and grabbing onto her ankle. Yes. And Movie over. Screams her way to the end with her mom in her mom's loving embrace. <laughs> yes, her actual mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that movie is like super fucked up. It's very fucked up for for a number of reasons. Um it's it's I mean obviously a big riff on uh girlhood changing to womanhood and uh you know the the female power, the female's role in culture and stuff like that. That but then there's just these elements that are you know there's stuff that's problematic, of course. It's the seventies. Mm-hmm. You don't need you don't need a ten minute opening scene with prepubescent naked women, full bush running around, jumping in slow mo, and you don't need the main character to be basically slow mo fondling herself with the camera six inches away from her skin, uh, while her hand is like between her legs, and then it shows the shower nozzle, which just looks like a giant metal penis just squirting water all over her. I was just like, what is going on here? Yeah, I think an argument could be made for the artistic merit of a little bit of it. Yeah. But it, it's it's really it's just overly long and it's 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 real pervy. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. also, all of those girls did not want to. They were like, no, could we just not do it? And then Brian De Palma convinced them by showing them nude footage that they'd already shot <laughs> of uh, of uh, Sissy Spacek. He was like, no, look, she's naked in all of these scenes. And apparently that was enough to get them to be like, oh, okay. And from what we've learned about Hollywood in the years since, sure, sure, that's how it went. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. So yeah. it's so, it really is gratuitous. There's no point to it at all. But it's easy to forget because it does happen at the very beginning of the movie. Literally the opening credits yeah. is all like tits and bush and then mostly not anymore. That's true. That's true. They did, <laughs> they did get that out of the way right, right, right quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some weird stuff in this movie. I like the scene. Of course, I'm going to jump around, but yeah. I like the scene where, okay, so they've been tormenting her. They, they did the whole plug her up thing. They rained. Like, it was way over the top. Like, just, Oh, yeah. It was like um, uh, Stranger Things level where everybody's mad at Elle because she clocked that bitch in the face with a roller skate. Holy but shit. But nobody, nobody seems to care about anything else that led up to that moment, you know, where anyone else would have been completely within their, you know, right mind to do something like that. And as much as she was taunted right up till that moment, <laughs> it was a wonderful thing when she clocked that girl. But um, this release we don't get until the very end of the movie, and it is a wonderful thing, but uh, it's uh, it, it's quite the reaction. Yeah. <laughs> but I like when she's in the she's in the principal's office after, you know, after all of this has gone down and the, the teacher's trying to explain to the principal in this weird, like, sort of sympathetic, but more just 
you need to understand that Carrie's a total fucking freak. So yeah. go easy on her as if that somehow passes for sympathy. Um, and then when she's when they bring her, he's like, all right, send Cassie in, please. And and Carrie comes into the office and they're talking. Um, I, there's this great part, or I guess it's before she comes in, but there's this great part where the, the teacher's walking back and forth talking, having a cigarette, just like in the principal's office, just casually smoking. It was yeah. great. I loved yeah. it. It is really good, and it, it's uh, uh, she's got a little bit of Carrie's menstrual b- blood on yeah. her shorts, and it's, it's really bothering the principal. He is like totally icked out by it. He's like, "Oh God, she's pacing back towards me now. I need to recoil slightly." <laughs> it's just so obvious that, like, knowing who who made the film, it's it's more likely that he's showing his own revulsion for the female body as opposed to, like, reflecting a societal thing or some cultural thing that he's picked on, up on because he probably doesn't give a shit about society or culture. Right. <laughs> I mean, the guy who's a notorious misogynist, and uh, here he is making a movie about a girl who discovers her womanhood by being thoroughly humiliated by her entire social class, you know? Oh, man. Ugh. I mean, she's she's so good in it too. She plays it so well. Oh yeah, yeah. She she kicks ass. All of the actors did a great job in this. It is it is mind boggling how how good this movie is put together. C- considering how badly I feel like it could have gone. Like even even those split screens that I was talking about. Apparently, like he did way more of that. Uh, oh. But then edited it out because he was like, nah, that doesn't look good. <laughs> I like it at the end because you see you see her face up close, and then you see when she does something, you see the thing happen in the other split, which I thought was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's it's really a gimmick, but a lot of the stuff that he does is gimmicky, like camera angles and but there's just something about De Palma that in, in the classic De Palma stuff where there's this weird feeling about, it, you know, like the first time I saw this movie, I found it really disturbing. And a lot of it was because of De Palma's visual style. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there were other things like Piper Laurie completely freaked me the fuck out. And <laughs> that was like one of the things about this movie that that has, used to make me very uncomfortable is the whole interaction between her and her mom. And like there'd be times where I'd see it was on cable or something and I'd be like, I don't think I want to watch it because I'm not up to those two. And they're fucking yeah. shenanigans, you know? Like, her mom bums me out so hard yes. <laughs> that I'm just like, I don't, you know, it's it's like watching this poor girl get abused for, you know, 80 minutes, it doesn't really make up for the 10 minutes where she absolutely fucking annihilates everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and all of that, you should have told me, mama! Oh, <laughs> She, yeah. am, God bless her though. She's a treasure. She's a national treasure. Oh man, she she committed so hard. Like her, she did like the whole uh, the actor prepares for this. She she like wouldn't socialize with the other actors. She wouldn't. She um, apparently studied art of martyrs and like oh, did wow. all of the martyr poses like all of the time. Like apparently, like as much as she would try to begin or end every scene in a martyr pose of some sort. So like, she's really going for it. Meanwhile, Piper Laurie is just like, this is the comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That weird accent that she has. I don't even know what it is. It's just, 
that weird American formalism that was a thing back then. Yeah, yeah, oh, the, uh, the the post transatlantic uh, yeah. uh, accent. Yeah, it's great. Um, you are dirty. <laughs> Your dirty pillows. <laughs> dirty pillows. Yeah, her her poses. That's true. Uh, Carrie's poses or or Sissy SpaceX like physical acting really brings a lot. Like that's what saves the end of the movie is. Like, her reaction when the blood lands on her and her eyes are enormous, like manga oh, eyes. man. The look on her face is believable. It's like, this girl is ruined. Like, she's there's no coming back from this, you know? Yeah. That's, that, yeah. that's the way she looks. Like, And then when you see her in the tub later, it's hard to kind of rectify because she was so far gone in that scene, you know? Yeah. It, it makes it kind of like a question, like... Cause, Cause, she talked about how it's something that she can do when she focuses, mm-hmm. and in that, like with the blood all over her, is that her focusing and on purpose trying to do it, or is that her like having flipped over into a, just a pure violent state, and it just happening like through lashes of the whim of her psyche? I don't know. It could yeah. go either way, and it's terrifying and amazing. It is like th- there's certain moments that always stick with me, like when she. When she leaves the auditorium, like the the just the way she, her body looks, like you know the, the way she's just moves, and then the scene where she makes the car flip with Billy and Chris in it, and and uh, like the way she turns around and bends her body in this weird way, and the, the car just kind of goes by her, and then she turns and looks. It's so creepy looking. It's great. So good. So fucking good. Ah, oh, this movie is awesome. Um, I wanted to bring up the way, like, I don't know if it was Brian De Palma or if it was just John Travolta himself being purely inspired, but Billy cannot drink a beer without getting it all over his face. (laughs) (laughs) And I love it. It's true. He's, Billy is really stupid and he gets really butthurt every time his girlfriend calls him a dumb shit because he's a total fucking dumb shit. He's a total dumb shit. It's awesome. Oh my god. And he's just like, he's in the, in the prom scene there underneath the stage, very obviously peeking out between the little like curtains. And he is just getting trashed like by the time by the time they leave he's just like stumbling she has to drive because he's incoherent at that point it is a nice little plot twist that he's an idiotic drunk yeah (laughs) he just thinks it's a cool prank and she's like i'm gonna murder this bitch with a car he's like kill a pig with a sledgehammer sure yeah why not that wasn't oh. disturbing. No, he's just he's just empty inside and needs to fill it with light beer. <laughs> light and beer. outside, apparently. Yeah, yeah, he's just not good at getting it into his mouth. <laughs> he just pours it near his face and then whatever goes in, yeah. which is bonus. <laughs> <laughs> bonus! There's also that weird, like, blowjob scene where she's first, like, she's like, oh, Billy, Billy, like, she's... <laughs> It's so surreal because she's, like, going down on him, but she's just able to say his name in a constant stream, and it doesn't sound like there's anything in her mouth at all. <laughs> no, she's, it's the most sanitary blowjob of all <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. Billy, 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 I hate Carrie. <laughs> and he's moaning the whole time. Yeah, he's got, like, his hands are up on the ceiling of the car. Yeah. <laughs> 
He's such an idiot. <laughs> I find him really distracting in this movie, I have yeah. to admit. It, it is very distracting. Like, I, I had never watched this movie before this year. Like, I'd seen, like, snippets here and there. Like, I'd catch a few minutes of it. But this year was the first time that I sat down and watched it. And I was like, oh, shit, John Travolta is in this movie. And apparently, like, this was, like... This was part of his like big three years. This it was this, and then uh, like Cotter. Uh, Sat- uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, Welcome Back, Cotter, and then also Saturday Night Fever and yeah. uh, uh, the other oh one, Urban Greece. Cowboy. Oh, Greece. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Urban Cowboy was later. Yeah, yeah, and it was just like this was the first of the three movies, and each one was like one season of Welcome Back, Carter, and it was a it was a great time to be brand new to Scientology. <laughs> Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Hey. <laughs> Mr. Cartel! <laughs> hey, I told you not to call me dumb shit over here. <laughs> Slap you in the face, just a little. <laughs> Slaps her in the face and her reaction is to give him a blowjob. <laughs> That's he's not like, a problem. He's like, That's it. I've decided. You're, you're not okay. <laughs> He's such an adult. Uh, and and I, one of the things that I liked about that, it, it, it happens all over the place. It's obviously on purpose. Is all of these characters are like, are like straddling adulthood and childness. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, uh, Chris is like, like super like capable of the most horrible adult crimes. But when the teacher slaps her in the face and tells her she can't go to prom, she, like, has a complete emotional meltdown and, like, turns around and asks all of her friends and, and then runs away in a pout. It's, it's, uh, same thing with, um, uh, Tommy. Uh, there, there's this great scene with William Cat, and he's, like, curled up kind of in, like, a fetal position in front of the TV watching Maverick. And it, it's just, like, all of this stuff is, like, there. it's it's half just, like, zero agency childness and half, like, completely all the way de- there adulthood. It's great. Yeah, there's, like, this savviness sometimes when he's interacting with adults that, you know, just puts him right there comfortably among them, you know. But then, like you said, at the same time, he's curled up in front of the TV watching Maverick. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> He's really good. At, he's really good. His his reactions are great, and and uh, his sense of humor really comes across in a in a way that is funny without <laughs> like enough to make Piper Laurie think the movie's a comedy. It's just yeah. him being funny. <laughs> but I saw Mister Cat be hilarious. <laughs> Look at his funny hair. <laughs> How does it do that? But his facial expressions, surely it's a comedy. Doesn't his neck get hot? <laughs> Where's my brush? <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, so yeah, Piper Laurie, uh, that, I had to look it up because I didn't know what was going on with that, that statue. I thought it was like a really fucked up Jesus, but then yeah. it's like, oh no, it's St. Sebastian. But that scene then where... Like, Carrie has, like, pegged her to the wall with all of the kitchen knives and a potato peeler. Yeah. And it's it's supposed to be, like, that St. Sebastian pose. That's fucking awesome. Is, does Carrie's mom also have powers, do you think? Not that I could tell. Um, you think she did? 
I I want to make the argument that she did because not only did she predict that they were all going to laugh at Carrie, she also precognitive and it took Melanie to point this out to me by the way. Full credit to Melanie. She's like your dress is red. And Carrie's like, no, mama, it's pink. And then by the end, the dress is in fact red. And I'm thinking that like Carrie didn't really seem like she was trying to pull the house into the earth. I think that was her mom doing like a whole Samson number, you know, like even like uh, arms up to the side like that and like pulling the house down. Like, I think that was her suffering, not the witch to live. Actually, that that that's really interesting take I because you know when the when Carrie grabs her mom and first of all she takes that one knife out of her hand but then she pulls the other one out and makes that noise it's so great she she takes her mom into the prayer closet and they're in there Carrie really doesn't look like she's in control of the situation at all it looks like yeah it looks like it's just happening around her like poltergeist style yeah poltergeist uh uh what's the what's the house one uh fuck uh, the yeah. gate, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Amityville, Amityville, Amityville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look like that's something that Carrie's like. Well, now I'm going to bury myself in the rubble of a future for sale sign. It really looks like she's like scared and like, why is this happening? And I, I kind of get the idea that that's her. Her mom is like, Rah! yeah. Good grab by uh, Melanie because that that bit about her dress being red is is actually pretty 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 clever little maneuver there. I didn't even catch that. That's great. Yeah. No, mama. <laughs> I watched this movie like five times before today, just just like over and over again. And then I was watching it before we recorded and Melanie came in for the second half of the movie. And then she was like, oh, yeah. And her mom said her her dress was red. And I was like, God damn it. That's fucking brilliant. She's like, she said her dress is red. See you later. <laughs> And there is lots of stuff in that movie. That that scene where Carrie is um, freaking out and she shatters the window. Mm-hmm. And her mom was like, what was that noise? And then comes up. And when she comes up, the window is back together. It's got cracks in it, but it's it's together. And also she has that, um, that little porcelain Madonna and child nightlight. Mm-hmm. And when she shattered the window the glass rang down and it like broke baby jesus's head off and then when the mom comes in that it's all intact again so it's like she used her telekinesis to put everything back together and repair it mostly but not all the yeah. way yeah lots of fun little details like that in there that's really cool yeah that's that's amazing um i i, I saw i mean of course i saw the part where the why well, it's a mirror right she broke the mirror yeah um but i didn't catch the the little madonna and headless and then reheaded child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's uh yeah, there's a lot of great stuff in this movie. And it, for a movie that, you know, could have easily, like you had said, it, it easily could have just fallen into like teen teen wackiness and you know, but the kids aren't the kids aren't portrayed that way at all. I mean, they're just as terrible as anybody, if not worse. They're you know, they're just young, terrible people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean um but not in that weird way that all movies do now where it just takes all the teeth off of it um and then at the end and the, well and then there's just these moments that have sheer power to them like at the very end when she leaves the the gymnasium like i was talking about i mean that that's one of those moments for me where i'm just like this is one of the high points of american cinema right here like yeah this bit where she walks out is is just phenomenal 
<laughs> like after she's done all the dirty work. The doors open and she's she's still doing that pose where you you know it's it's the um I guess modern cinema would call it like the the Iron Man flying pose with <laughs> yeah. her hands. Yeah. And and then she like just kind of like glides out a little and the doors like seal shut again behind her. Mwah, that's great. It cuts to slow-mo and you can see the flames up dancing in the window and she's just standing there in that weird pose. It's that's yeah. like that's that's great stuff. Oh man! Oh, and that scene where the the fire catches behind her and it mm-hmm. kind of looks like just two giant wings of flame coming out of her back. Like, oh yeah, really, really good stuff when it when it's on. I saw yeah, I saw some kind of documentary where they talked about that. Now I just remembered that it was a long time ago, but it was really good. It had a lot of information about the the shooting of the film and in particular that scene. I, I'm gonna have to see if I can dig that up because that was. If so, we'll link to it. But that was really cool. Um, also, there used to be this store uh, here in Costa Rica. Yeah. Where we live. Puerto I Rico. Don't, I don't know why we do this. It yeah. makes no sense. Here, <laughs> here in the Maldives, um, there was this There was this store. <laughs> there was this guy that had this store and he sold like all kinds of weird junk, like just manga stuff and collectible crap and, you know, action figures. And he was just a nerd who had his own store. Cool. And... Uh, he also had a bunch of like horror props that he had bought yes. back when they were hard to find. Uh, they're not so easy. I mean, they're easy to find now. They're just really expensive. But uh, he had one of the dresses from Carrie from the oh, scene. Nice. So it was it was one of the bloody dresses. So it was just like this tiny dress. It was like this big. Mm-hmm. She's you know she's <laughs> tiny, but it was just sitting there on the wall. And I was just like, I remember walking in. And I was talking to the guy, and I'm like, yeah, so you got some cool stuff. That's, is that, was that used in the movie? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. And then I'm like, well, anyways, I mean, that's a, so wait, so this was in the movie? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. So these are kind of, this is neat. Over. What are these? Th- like, wait a minute. So about the dress. Yeah. I was just like, I couldn't get, I was like, this was in the movie? <laughs> Can I try it on? <laughs> Can I take it to the bathroom? Is it absorbent? (laughs) It looks like it's just a a thin sheet of silk, right? Yeah. 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 It's really not much of a dress, is it? It's it's a shift, basically. I can see your dirty pillows. Dirty pillows! (laughs) What the fuck is wrong with your mom? Her husband left her and she went all the way bad. Oh my god. So much uh, the praying, praying to have the strength not to do it. (laughs) Yeah, I love her her concept that all sexual activity is bad. Yeah. It's like, no, wait a minute. Did you take science when you were in school? Like biology or okay, whatever. Not that lady. No, no. And I love, I love how weirdly ill-defined her her religious specificity is because like she's got catholic stuff going on you know she she does the little sign of the cross with her with her butcher knife and (laughs) they have the statue of saint sebastian but then she also has like weird jehovah's witness style tracts that she reads from more from the than the bible it doesn't really seem like she's part of a religious community at all it's just she goes around telling people about how sinful their daughters are until they give her money to make her go away. Yeah, exactly. I think she just 
she just kind of picked and chose the the parts that fit her her mental uh, breakdown and uh, just kind of rolled with it. Yeah, it's great when she goes to uh, was it Sue's house it's and Sue's, uh, yeah, <laughs> Sue's mom's trying to get rid of her, and she's like, <laughs> she pulls out those books and tells her, you know, what she wants to do. This is what you need to read these books and all this crap. And her mom's like. I'll drink to that. <clears throat> I mean, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll read these tonight. Yeah. yeah, it was, she said, uh, we are living in a godless world. And the ladies, I don't remember what exactly she said, but it, yeah, it was something like, fuck yeah, we, it, it is. Let's go. Oh, I mean, uh, here's $10. She's like, here's $10. Well, uh, wait, hold on. Here's 20. Yeah. And then Piper Lori gives her that look like, what the hell? Like, you think you can buy me off? And then she turns around and pulls out this little box. And it's like her little money box. It's just like, well, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Takes all her shit and leaves. <laughs> oh, man. This movie is, is it's crazy all over the place. Stuff like that. I, I want to know all of the trivia about it, but I'm definitely too lazy to find out. <laughs> It's a it's a great film, man. I'm 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 really glad that we are covering it. It's uh, I I can say with 100 percent confidence since I've seen the other two films, they're not as good as this one. <laughs> oh no, I have I still haven't seen the one with Chloe Grace Moritz. I've I've seen the uh, the uh, Angela Bettis one once, but not paid close attention to it. But yeah, I, I wouldn't expect them to be as good as this because I mean, how 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 would it you couldn't even do that. <laughs> It'd be real hard to make better than this. The the if I remember the the Chloe Grace Moritz one is actually pretty good. If that's the one I'm thinking of, because I don't think the other one is good. I think it's really pretty bad. Really, just kind of <laughs> schlocky. Um, but then I've also seen the part two, which I forget what that one's called. The the rage, character. the rage. Yeah, and that's fucking terrible. It is. It's at least original, though. They were like, all right, yeah. but we're going to take it in a new direction with a new idea. Yeah, it's just got that 90s, like, 90210-y feel mm-hmm. to it, you know? Like, yeah. the I know what you did last summer kind of thing. <laughs> so so what do you make of the weird mixed-in humor in this movie? Like, like even, even whenever, like, everything's, the shit's hitting the fan, they've got that scene with John Travolta running into the drums. There's, um... There's the 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 scene with the girls at the hair salon, and then the three guys renting tuxedos, and and of course that that music, and and then all of a sudden while the guys are talking about tuxedos, it it does a fast forward. Yeah, what the hell was that? Like what the a, fuck? It's 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 one of those one of those like effects that signifies zaniness, mm-hmm. which. Like you're watching fucking like Benny Hill or something, you know? It's like, wait, that is so out of place here. What? I I, I guess De, I don't know. Like maybe De Palma was just throwing shit against the wall just to see whatever would would stick. Like he, I mean, it's his first real kind of breakthrough film, I guess, right? But um, yeah, I mean, th- those I don't know for some reason those things they don't bother me, but they don't need to be there either. Yeah, it didn't take me out of the movie, but it was it was just strange for that decision to be made like oh yeah yeah, now we will fast forward through exactly 15 seconds of footage and then pick it back up at the end it's funny because you know reviewing horror movies now is 
you know, like it would be really, it would be really funny to have a horror movie podcast with kids that were like 16 so that they could, <gasps> they could talk about movies, like how much they were traumatized by them and stuff, you know? Because like the first time I saw this movie, I, you know, it, I wasn't traumatized by it, but it was pretty disturbing and it definitely had its moments. And like I said, you know, there's, there's been times, there were times when I was a lot younger where I would not watch it again because I wasn't emotionally up to dealing with Piper Laurie. Mm-hmm. You know, she was just too much, you know, like she was just, and that kind of stuff was, now I think it's hilarious, even though it's still too, it is too much. I mean, it's, it's over the top. Like maybe, maybe he was trying to offset some of that seriousness be delivered by Piper Laurie, who thought she was in a comedy yeah. <laughs> by putting comedy in the movie. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they were having a lot of fun making the movie and he just put some of that in there. I have no fucking idea because it does seem out of place. It really does. It's 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 a, a very strange choice, but it it's okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's his ham-fisted attempt at trying to connect with young people. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> that he has no understanding of or something. I don't know. Even even like all the way at the end, like you mentioned, that, that sound effect of her mother's knived hand coming out of the wall as the house is collapsing on top of them. It's like, what is that? What, did somebody just pop a plunger off the side of the tub? How much cocaine are you on, Brian? <laughs> that's that's probably quite a bit. Yeah. The one I thing have... I... Oh. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, one thing that, one little tiny thing that did bother me for some reason is the scene where the, Carrie makes the makes the car flip, makes Chris's car for well, Billy's car flip. That's Chris driving. That that I like how she's just walking down this random <laughs> dirt road that they've clearly selected because this is a place where they can blow up a car. Yeah, but the rest of the movie takes place in this beautiful California neighborhood, and everything's pretty and nice, and they use hazy filters and you know all this like weird like soap opera music, and then. All of a sudden, there's this weird, harsh, like, starkly lit scene on this dirt, shitty-looking dirt road. It's just in the middle of nowhere, and they they somehow find her, Mm -hmm. and then she slaughters them, and then she's home. Yeah. Not only that, but before all of that, the fire truck drives by her. That's right. A very traumatized-looking young woman drenched head-to-toe in blood. And the fire truck's just like, nah, man, we got a fire to go to. We can't can't stop to help you. Too bloody. That's not. We don't have time. You know what? We probably shouldn't. (laughs) She's on her lady stuff. (laughs) I do remember that in one of the sequels... If I remember correctly, the 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 very end where like the the scene that I just described, like that film's version of that scene is fucking awesome. Oh, okay. Like she crushes the car with them in it or something. I can't remember. It's something, but it, it works really well. I was like, oh, okay, that's that's a nice way to modernize it. Yeah. That was dis- that was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, that scene is where like the book ends, where like Carrie just like collapses next to a road and uh, Sue uh. finds her and is like, I wasn't part of the prank. And Carrie was like, okay, I'm dead. And that's <laughs> Stephen King, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the book that launched a career. <laughs> Fuck yes. Let's see, what else do I have? Uh, oh yeah, casual violence against women is really, really all over the place in here. Yeah. Um, that's that's really it. That's that's all the things. John, who would you say is the motherfucking asshole of this movie? 
<laughs> oh man, there's a lot of them. That's tough. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, that's there's a couple easy people like Chris. Yeah, and there's you know everybody's just so terrible. I kind of I think I'm just gonna go with John Travolta because um, I've never <laughs> liked him. Yeah. <laughs> I've always felt that he was a motherfucking asshole. <laughs> Actually, he seems like a nice guy, but but there's something about him that's always bothered me. And his character in this movie, he's, he'll he'll sledgehammer a pig to death just because his girlfriend asked him to. Yeah, yeah. What a motherfucking asshole. Yeah, no malice. What do you think? No malice yeah. in his heart. Just like, oh yeah, this is what we're doing now. Hit it, bam. Hit it, bam. Hit it. It's the same. By the way, the same strike shown over and over again. Oh, is that what that, that was? Wow. Yeah, I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> How about you? It was like a Nine Inch Nails video for a second. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've I've got to go with Chris, even though her her mom is. I mean, her mom is the motherfucking asshole. But but yeah. I feel like without Chris, then this movie would have ended where like after prom, the problem would have been a love triangle between Tommy, Sue, and and uh, and uh, Carrie, which that wouldn't have been as interesting. But it probably would have, you know. Some people would have been happier with that. But yeah, actually, you know what? I'm going to change it. It's the fucking poetry teacher. Because <laughs> fuck that dude. He sucks. I actually thought about him, too. Yeah. He is a total asshole. It's like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, you're fucking suave. No wonder we have, like, a whole generation of boomers that hate poetry. And, and they're just a bunch of cranky assholes poetry professors or teachers were probably like that like no your poetry is bad and your opinions about poetry are bad and then now we just have a society that hates the written word <laughs> that's fantastic that's a good one by the way there was this there's a scene with him that that bothers me there's a <laughs> at, the, at the end yeah. in the gymnasium after the blood has spilled and all it there's that scene where you see betty buckley and he's sitting next Staring to her staring at just her just doing this <laughs> I'm like, what is happening right now? Is he trying to kiss her? But I didn't understand what was going on there. It's very unpleasant. Yeah, he's just like staring at her gap mouth, and and she's just like having a good time. She sees him. She's like, oh, I'm gonna go look over here again. Oh, so many knee socks. <laughs> And he he gets like two death scenes, right? He dies whenever he's grabbing onto the microphone stand, and then yeah. also he gets like wrapped in chains or something and pushed against a wall and electrocuted yeah. some more. I guess Carrie agreed. He is the motherfucking asshole. You win. That's right. He yeah. is. Fuck that dude twice. <laughs> Fuck that guy in particular. <laughs> My favorite Reddit group. <laughs> It's just videos of people that look like they got singled out for some tragedy. Oh, is it a real thing? Yes, it's like three people walking down the road and a wheel comes off a truck and hits one of them. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Fuck That or Fuck You in Particular or something oh like that. Oh my god, I'm going to have to find that cuz that sounds amazing. It kills me. <laughs> All right, John, um I gave this movie a full five out of five loathsome things. There are, of course, things that I don't like about this movie. There are things that I thought could be improved upon, but I'm not positive that I'm right about those because this movie just fires so hard on all of the things, even the little notes about about like 
the the ways that the characters pop off the screen and become like fully fledged with like minimal effort so i don't i don't know maybe i i definitely don't agree with his methods but but brian de palma really achieved something purely magical here and i i just can't not give it a five it's a full and entire masterpiece to me i i I would have to agree with everything you're saying i gave it a five as well i mean i think it's one of those movies that it is a classic yes um but it's one of those movies that when you watch it you you remember why it's a classic every time you see it and you know some of the things in there that obviously are going to make people uncomfortable especially now um you know those things are part of the story and they they go you know they're they don't make me as comfortable as like say maybe um where the gang all fucks each other in it you know like (laughs) yeah you know like it's not that problematic it's problematic in the sense that yeah like that this guys do hit their girlfriends and you know girls are treated like trash and people do bully each other and you know you do have religious fanatics or whatever you know but but as far as just a as far as just a movie, it's just a it's it's a it's one of those few movies that manages to bridge uh, the mainstream, you know, with with genre, which is up until Del Toro won for The Shape of Water. I mean, it's very very rare. Um, uh, Piper Laurie and uh, Sissy Spacek were nominated for Academy Award. They didn't win, but they were nominated for this film. Oh, and, who uh, won instead of them? Fuck the <laughs> fuck that. The Academy's a real piece of trash. It's it's garbage, but it's just but it it's more of like a reflection that that this was a movie that was able to kind of break through into the mainstream and and be accepted as art instead of just schlock or just yeah. oh it's it's scary. But there, let's go watch a real movie. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like it was, people thought it was a real movie. You know, and and it is of course a real movie. Any horror person will tell you, but. Um, it deserves to be a classic. It's right up there. So, I mean, I give it five, too. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Ten out of ten. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we could see the inspiration in, in like, other things that we've watched. You know, like, th- there's a whole lot of Carrie in St. Maud. Like, yes, uh, yes. The, this movie has had a, a lasting and profound impact on what America thinks is scary. Yes, and and for, considering that it was made by a man who is notorious for having troubled relationships or a troubled relationship with women, uh, its its portrayal of a young woman going through this transition in her life and the symbolism that he just drenches it in. Um, obviously, this is all taken from the original book, essentially, because yeah. it's all based on someone else's idea. But the way that he's portrayed that for film is pretty iconic and it really has had a profound impact and uh, it's a unique story i mean it's uh i think when king wrote it it was kind of like a cool idea that he fleshed out and wrote in his laundry room and you know they had young kids and he was just excited to be able to be writing a book and you know all of a sudden i think it was bantam picked it up and offered him some it was the highest whatever it was the highest amount for uh you know for a paperback release to date and it was one of those things where, like, his his agent called him and said, are you sitting down? <laughs> he literally said that. And he's like, um, no. And he's like, you need to sit down. And he sat down. And he told him the amount. And he was just like, what? And he said, you know, you hear about where people's lives change overnight. And he's like, my life literally changed in an instant. That's and awesome. He's like, I, I've never had to worry about a dollar since that moment. And that was his first book. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Like, yeah. I mean, kudos to him, you know? Oh yeah, like 
I talk a lot of trash about about uh uh what's his name? King. King, yeah. But I mean, the guy's got great ideas sometimes, and I mean, hell, that dude can just sit down and pound out a book. It doesn't yeah. have to be good. He could just make it happen. No, and they're serviceable. I mean, the the prose is is easy to follow. Yeah. Um. He's not. He's not a. He's difficult in the sense that there can be so much going on in a novel. There's they. You know, they're they're huge books. But as far as like his his reading his prose is not. You know, it's not that. It's not like literary to the point where you're just like, what the fuck? What? Okay, James Joyce, calm down. You know. Yeah. You don't. You don't need a guide with you when you're reading fucking Stephen King. It's just every man meat and potatoes prose style. And I love that if it, when it works. Yeah. I mean, I love any writing style when they work. It doesn't, it can be super complex as well, I guess, but as fans of, of written word, you know, it's, it's as Stephen King, when he does it right, he does it right for sure. And he's got a unique voice, no doubt about it. I mean, that guy's carved out his own mythology and you know, we, we just took a shit all over Dreamcatcher. Yeah. Um, but he hates we didn't, that but, book. But he hates that book. We yeah. didn't read it. But if the movie's anything like the book, the book's a bucket of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, yeah, his he you don't you you don't need a, a no fear Stephen King in order to read it. But it's also not like just pure dog roll. It's not, you know, like, yeah, 50 shades of needful things. You know, it's yeah. he's he's a competent writer and if he's bored he's just gonna sit down and punch out an entire novel and that's fucking awesome and a lot he has a lot of really cool ideas yeah he also has some really cringy ideas but you know what he's able to make that happen and and that's fucking awesome so good on you stephen king you seem like you're an all right dude too yeah yeah he does i mean i he seems like he's got his head on pretty pretty straight yeah yeah you know uh Overcoming multiple addictions will probably bring you to a, a an all right place of realization. And yeah, that's no fucking difficult, too. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And we've talked about this before, that all the stuff I got about um, about this book, his book on writing, the book about writing, if you're not familiar. But um, it's a great book. You guys should really check it out. Even if you don't like Stephen King, it's a it's a but you are interested in writing and the process of writing and all of that. It's a it's a really good book. Um I would recommend it to anybody who's interested in writing or interested in him. Yeah. Um, Cause it's, it's, it's a great kind of serves as an autobiography, but it's also got a lot of, a lot of interesting information about writing. I mean, you know, like when Stephen King is telling you the kind of things you need to cut out, <laughs> you better listen. Cause that guy doesn't cut anything out. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, don't, don't write like this. It's like, got it. Yeah. <laughs> Now, now let me tell you how my brother and I used to refer to pooping. <laughs> I, you know, I can't even imagine what writing, what what being a proofreader must have been like pre-computer. Oh my you know? god, yeah. Like I write, I use Grammarly, and I use it, you know, because it catches all my mistakes, most of them, not yeah. all of them. And then I go back and I'll proofread something, and I catch a lot of mistakes. And then finally I get sick of it and I'm just like, I'm publishing this and then I'll just go back and sort it out later and I'll go back and read it and it's like, God damn, there's like 10 things I missed and then I'll fix it and then I get sick of it and publish it again and then I go read it again. I'm like, what? For, for Christ's sake, did I spell anything right? <laughs> 
if I'm not mistaken, I believe maybe you even went back and corrected one of my uh, typos in a Facebook post recently. Am I correct about that? I'm really good at spotting typos in other people's <laughs> things. But when I read my own stuff, I get caught up in my thought process of the writing itself. Yeah. And so it's it's a lot harder for me to um, to, to be objective about it. It's tough. Well, uh, not to jack our own loathe, but your writing is really good. Your your substack is really interesting. I recently read your entry about, um, well, I guess it was the entry about guitar playing. I was going to say the oh, one yeah. about your uncle, but then not about your uncle. About No, not about your mom. I guess it's about guitars. Yeah, it's about your your history with the, the guitar. And I didn't realize until I read that about the um, the difference between the types of cars, like uh, guitars. We used to have a a nylon string guitar. Now I'm like, wait, is that a classical? There's a difference between types of acoustic guitar. I had no idea. It is. It's classical, and they are more forgiving and with the sound because the strings are nylon, so they're softer and they have a warmer sound. You know, steel is steel or metal or whatever. It's got a more ding like more you know so if you're playing it right that can work to your advantage but if you don't know what you're doing it's it's like it's torture you know it's agonizing like it just it just magnifies every error (laughs) yeah but thank you i appreciate that um it it for people that are listening that if you're you know interested at all i do i am (laughs) i'm in the process of covering all the hellraiser movies each one's getting its own post so if you're if you're if you're curious about that, maybe check that out. But it's uh, I'm trying to forget what the sub trying to remember what the subsack's called. Try to oh, forget. Oh. Remember. Try to forget. Remember. It's called everything and nothing. Everything and nothing. Let me let me pull up. It is https and that stuff blindbutcher.substack.com. Yes, thank you. Check it out if you want. If you, and then if you don't, go fuck yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You can yeah. also go fuck yourself on our Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at LoathsomePod. On Twitter, I am also covering all of the uh, yes. uh, Hellraiser movies. Not to the depth quite that John is. Like, that first one, I haven't read the second one, but that first one, you you do go on, sir. <laughs> yeah, I do. No doubt about it. The uh, the second one, I, get a li- I, I lighten up a little bit. Um, because that guy had told you, I, I I communicate occasionally with Doug Bradley's wife online. Um, Name and drop. When I, but it's it's literally like to the extent of. Does anybody know of a good podcast platform? <laughs> so I I no. wrote the first one, yeah, and I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna send this to you guys. Maybe Doug might want to read it. Maybe not. Whatever. I just figured I'd send it. If this is ridiculous, to you, just ignore it. And then she like read it and got back and she's like one she's like I like it it's fine but one thing I wanted to mention and she she basically schooled me about why Doug left the uh the franchise okay and uh you know because I basically just said he was like fuck these movies are getting bad I don't want to be associated with this I, maybe that was part of it but she just thing it wasn't going the way he really wanted it so he was like you know okay I'm going to step away from it and if it come, ever comes back to a place where somebody's asking me to you know cuz he's been submitted scripts for years I've read. Um, if it ever comes mm-hmm. to a place where, you know, everything seems right, he would be more than happy to do it, which would be awesome. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's it's 
it's not outside of the realm of possibility that maybe he might show up in this next one. We don't know. Yeah. We, they haven't they haven't declared it all yet. Um, let's see. Uh, so yeah, on Twitter, I've been micro blogging yes. about uh, about uh, Hellraiser, just like little little snippets of one topic, one topic. I I finished up the first Hellraiser. I'm going to go into the second, and I'm going to do all of them. I've already watched the second one. It's not as good as the first, but it's not bad. No, it's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. But yeah. the third one sure is. The third is terrible. Yeah. And I can just say from jumping ahead, because I watched all the ones that were available, like, easily mm-hmm. on, you know, then then I'm going to go back and fill in the gaps. But basically, basically that was one, two, and then ten. And <laughs> ten, ten is fucking terrible. It is terrible. <laughs> It looks, it looks, just the covers alone of all of the, like, sequels, it's like, okay, one's on the internet. Oh, here's where Doug Bradley's not there anymore. <laughs> I think three, they were like, we're just going to reuse the cover for the first movie. <laughs> God. Maybe it was nine that I saw. Judgment, I think, is ten. I don't think I saw that one. Or maybe I, see, there's one that I think I did see, but when I read the synopsis for the film, I'm like... I don't know if I saw that or not. I saw some bucketed shit that I think was a Hellraiser movie, but I don't remember. <laughs> That's how bad it was. Oh man, it's so fucking bad sometimes. We'll we'll get there. We'll we'll go over all of that somewhere somehow. Don't you dare worry. Um, yeah. let's see what else. Oh, they can reach out to us on Facebook at Loathsome Podcast. That's not really where we're very active, but uh, but if you want to, you can there. Also, you can email us at loathsomethings at gmail.com and be like the first person ever to. Yeah, that's true. We've never had emails, but yeah, we we do interact with folks on Twitter. That's a good place. I mean, I use Facebook personally, but we don't want like the Facebook page doesn't. It's not good for that kind of stuff. No. Also, Facebook can can suck it. Yeah. Facebook can eat my balls. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck Meta. You have anything to say to the nice people, John? Thank you for tuning in, nice people, and I'm sorry that you all have to die.